Hey, everybody. It's Brian Slagle. Welcoming you to this month's Metal Misconduct. I'm laughing because of our guest this month, which you'll find out momentarily. But first, we have to welcome in Mr. Sean Rourke from NHL.com. Sean, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Summer's uh, summer's just about over, and we all know what that means. It means football and hockey and, and uh, European football, three of the best things in the world. Well, two, at least two of the three are, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. And, and the reason I was we, that we were both laughing is uh, our wonderful good friend, uh, old pal, as we may say, uh, Don Jameson is joining us this month. And Don was, as usual, making us laugh hysterically uh, even before we get on the air. So now probably what will happen usually with Don is we laugh hysterically off the air, then we get on the air and it just goes, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is this is already we're already going to be off to a bad start because uh, I got nothing left. I, that was it. I, you know, I, I burnt it all out. Yeah, I burnt it all out in practice, and now I got nothing left. That's I good. think they call that performance anxiety. No, yeah, is, is I, there, I have that problem too. But there's pills for that at least. Isn't there something that athletes get though, where they're really good on? on oh, it was Tiger Woods' fa- famous quote about you know being good on the range, and then if he can be Ranger, what is it, Ranger Rick on the uh, on the golf course or something like that. So there is some sort some sort of uh, you know you're good in practice but not good on game day deal. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I got my game face on. I'm, I'm ready for you guys. Let's let's do this. All right. Well, first of all, I have to bring up uh, what you mentioned earlier. Uh, because it was, I had completely forgotten about it in my old age. But uh, you had mentioned that you were prepping for our conversation here by watching a lot of Fantasy Island, and I was wondering why you were doing that. So maybe you can explain to those of the people who haven't <laughs> seen Fantasy Island. No, I not to prep for the interview. I've just been watching a lot of Fantasy Island on DVD lately because I don't watch. You know, I'm not like. 99% of the world, you know, I'm not, I'm not watching Breaking Bad. I'm not watching True Blood. I'm not watching any of that nonsense. You know, my baseball season's been over since about June and my football season is already over because I'm a Mets and a Jets fan. So really the only thing I have is, you know, my bed and a projector and, you know, videos from the seventies that still make me happy. Now, are you, I was trying to help you out by saying that you were prepping for this interview by watching Fantasy Island. I'm a little suspect that you would just be watching it on on your own at this point. No, that's that's the only reason. And I only brought it up because we're on the phone with Mr. Rourke. I've been watching a lot of Mr. Rourke lately. So, you know, it's just uh, I'm trying to make myself happy. I'm trying to go back to my childhood when, when it was a more innocent time. Everything today is reality. I wanted to get back to fantasy. That's, that's, a, that's, all, a, that's all I'm saying. That's a good idea. And, and as I told you, know, you guys, like you, what's that? As, as I told you guys, now the rest of my day here on the on the on the show is going to be ruined because you brought me back to elementary school when Fantasy Island came out. I'm dating myself, and all the kids who thought they were comedians like Don Jameson is now would make fun of me for my name being Mr. Rourke and uh, do their best tattoo impersonation. So I'm I'm kind of having some flashbacks now, and I'm I'm a little shaky and sweaty, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it together. <laughs> Well, to make you feel even worse, because I, I had forgotten that Ricardo Montalban's character was Mr. Rourke. For a minute there, when Don said that he, he was watching that and comparing it to you, I thought he was, th- I thought he was comparing you to Hervé Villachez's character. No, fortunately it's not that. And as we discussed, if you're going to be compared to anybody, Ricardo Montalban is not bad, because he was a pretty cool dude back in the day. And I promised you guys I would not sing Volare, so everybody's ahead of the game a little bit. But you do have to say... Yeah, and speak- yeah, speaking of uh, fantasy, uh, our own Brian Slagle has uh, a bit of a fantasy coming up. Finally, uh, congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. Oh, that's a is that a fantasy? It seems like pretty reality to me at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's, it's this has been going on ten years now. It's like when is this thing finally going to you know happen? Now you have a date, so I'm very happy for you, and uh, of course I'm going to be there and. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure where you're registered yet, but uh, I got Target gift cards, That's so good. hopefully... We're, we're, we're not registered anywhere, but at this point, I may ask you to take the California uh, bar exam or whatever you have to do to be able to, to officiate the wedding, because we're having trouble finding that at this point. So, uh, you Well, know I, mean. I, uh, I just married a couple up in Northern California. They uh, were big fans of that metal show, this uh, rock and roll couple who came to... Uh, 
came down to see the taping of the show, and they asked me to come out and marry him. So I have credentials there. I, I, I truly do. I would be, oh, uh, be honored to. I would be honored to uh, with with the two of you. We we may we may have to talk off air about that actually. So uh, anyway, okay. Uh, on to bigger and better things. As Don mentioned earlier, is, and Sean had mentioned as well, this is, even though we say goodbye to summer, which is always, always do that with a tear in my eye every summer because it's always great for metal, all the shows and everything. I spent a month over in Europe going to tons of amazing festivals. Uh, with a tear in my eye, we do say goodbye to summer, but that does bring on the wonderfulness that is NFL football and followed up very closely after that with even better NHL hockey. So every year, you know, we get on and we, we talk about football, and we, we love having Don on to talk about football because even though he's a Jets fan, and we can, we can spend an hour just talking about that. But he also is an Emmy Award-winning broadcaster for Inside the NFL. That is, that's right, folks. Don Jameson owns a real, actual Emmy for working on Inside the NFL. So he is not only a Jet fan, but a big-time NFL insider, Emmy award-winning. And there are not many people can say that. So we love having him on. Yeah. So aside from the Jets, which we'll get to momentarily, uh, what do you, how, who do you think are the best teams coming into the NFL this season? Don. Um, the, coming into, well, everyone's, you know, again, you know, because I go against the grain, I'm not going to go with the sexy picks or the trendy picks. You know, everybody's going to, you know, uh, you know, fall in love with the Houston Texans again. You know, oh, the Texans, this is their year. It's not. They're never going. Okay, it's, stop picking them. You know, these these broadcasters. This is the seventh or eighth year in a row they predicted they're going to go to the playoffs and make the Super Bowl. It's it's not happening. All right, they're they're, they're cursed just as bad as the Jets. And as far as Peyton Manning and his stupid commercials and. You know, his fused together neck, all right? That's not happening either. He's the biggest choke artist in football history, okay? Eli is clearly the better quarterback. You know, you want somebody to play quarterback for you who's got a fused neck, Dave Mustaine to get in there and do just as good a job. So those, those, to me, those teams are already out. Anybody else? Those two in Oakland, they're already all out. And the Jets. So that's who's out. Now, who's in? Who's going to be good? You know, the Giants are going to be good again, most likely. Somehow Tom Coughlin pulls that team together. You know, Eli's gone from, you know, looking like Corky from Life Goes On. To, he's blossomed into this wonderful quarterback, as I mentioned, much, much better than his brother Peyton. Uh, and he doesn't do as many dumb commercials, which I like. Um, who else is good? That whole division is going to be pretty interesting. They all seem pretty evenly matched up. You know, everyone's going to be, you know, again, with the sexy picks, Sam, Fran, and Seattle. But I do think those teams are going to be pretty great, too. So, you know, there, there should be, other than a handful of teams, I think it'll be, there'll be a lot of parity again this season. You know, and you bring up a great point. I, I think, you know, just looking at it, the, the NFC East, where the Giants are, and you, you think they're going to be good again this year, it's just, to me, going to be the most interesting division there is. I mean, you got the Eagles with their new offense, and you got the Redskins with RG3 coming back, and then, you know, who knows what the Cowboys are going to do. But the, to me, that's a division that's almost impossible to handicap. Cowboys are going to suck. That's what they're going to do. Just like all teams, all right, well, just we, like we can scratch them off. Just the like all teams, just like all teams, just like all teams in Texas do. Also, you forgot to mention the Bills. The Bills are out of it in day one as well. But you know, you mentioned the Texans, and I love hearing you say that, Don, because I have gone back and forth with all the the people who fall in love with Matt Schaub and the Texans. Matt Schaub to me is a below average quarterback. In fact, <clears throat> I had this exact conversation and, and debate. On your good friend, Mr. Eddie Trunk's radio show with Jason Lockenfora, my good friend mm. Jason Lockenfora, who is the a- a CBS insider, if you watch uh, the CBS morning uh, show coming in. And we got on to, this is prior to last season, as a matter of fact, we got on to that and he was saying that he thought the Texans were going to be one of the top picks because he felt that Matt Schaub was going to have a big season. And I said, I don't see it. I don't think he's any good. So... Fast forward to several hours later after a nice dinner with a few glasses of wine and we're on the air talking to Rick Emmett from Triumph. And Rick's a big mm. football fan. So we were kind of talking about elite. He was talking about elite quarterbacks. And I said to Rick, I said, hey, Rick, is Matt Schaub an elite quarterback? <laughs> to which Jason Lagaflora fell out of his chair laughing hysterically. 
So yes, the Texans are going to be the same as they were last year. They're, they're going to be terrible. But I think the, the the big division though for me that I find the most interesting is the is the uh, AFC Central because a lot of people are picking Cincinnati to win that division, and then other people are picking Pittsburgh to win that division. So there's quite and even Cleveland people are are saying are going to have a, a good season as well. So you you actually have a bunch of teams in there that when you're looking around picking, everybody's picking all four of those teams in that division to actually have a winning record. So that should be pretty interesting. In fact, I saw today, I was looking around today, and, and um, I wish I could remember who it was, because it actually was a, a legitimate website that uh, picked uh, Ben Roethlisberger as MVP of the season. Oh, come on, listen. You, you, know, you know Ben, uh, ben Roethlisberger. Ben, ben Affleck? <laughs> well, that's a whole other travesty with the Batman <laughs> thing, but I'm not a nerd, so I'm not going to get into that. But you know Ben Roethlisberger is getting old when he's not even trying to date rape college girls anymore. <laughs> so I don't think that the Steelers have any chance in that division. If they're an old team, they're out. Cincinnati, Baltimore, that should be interesting. Um, you know, Baltimore, even though, you know, they lost, uh, the alleged murderer and uh, a few other people, they definitely restocked their, their team. I think they're going to be good again. Flacco should be solid. Um, and so, yeah, I think Cincinnati would be good if they can have less than 30 guys in jail. Um, this season, they're going to be pretty good. Well, you know, I think that Baltimore is going to have a tough season because they don't have a guy threatening to kill them who actually might really kill them if they don't play well. <laughs> so that's going to be a, a, a bit a bit tough. So now, Sean, you, you have said in the past that you're a big New England Patriots fan. So what's going to happen with the Patriots this year? That's going to be interesting to see unfold. Who said they're a Patriots fan? Sean. I'm a Patriots fan. It- I said Sean, okay, not yeah. Don. Sean, Mr. Right, Rourke. Mi- excuse me, Mr. Rourke. I, yeah, I, let's address him as Mr. Rourke. Yes, yes, please. Uh, give me the respect that I'm entitled to. Um, <laughs> I, I, almost uh, 40 years now, Patriot fan. Season ticket holder when I was a kid with my dad from uh, 8 to 18, and then he gave the tickets away, the one thing I still hold against my father when I went to college. And uh, now that I live in uh, the New York area, the... Allegiance has grown even stronger because I'm surrounded by the Jets and Giants on a constant basis. Right, but now but knowing you have daddy issues now explains a lot about you. <laughs> there you go. So how do you think they're going to be this year, the Patriots? I think, well, A, I think they're going to be okay because what a horrendous division they play in. Um, you got the Bills, who have an undrafted quarterback start in the season for the first time it's ever happened since the draft was instituted. Um, you got the Jets, who uh, I don't even know what they're going to do this year, but I don't think it's going to be very good. And then you got the Dolphins, who are kind of a middling team. Mike might be a little dangerous, but I, I think the Patriots have at least one more year at the top of that division. Once they get to the playoffs, I don't know, but the one thing that they do have in their favor is their season is almost like a 16-week preseason where they can figure out a lot of things by the time they get to the playoffs. Um, I like their offense. I think it's still going to be good. Their defense scares the living daylights out of me. And you don't think that the whole circus of Aaron Hernandez is going to linger heavy because i mean that story is going to be going on all season unless yeah unless, no, unless you know craft has some pull to, pu- to push it under the carpet during the season yeah but you know what i mean it, it was pretty much pushed under the carpet during the preseason like it, to me it's amazing when you look at what's going on with the jets right now with rex ryan and you know god forbid he went to clemson to see his son play football and, and what a zoo that's turned into and, and then meanwhile you know you have two huge stories in new england over over the preseason one was hernandez another one was tebow and and that had also taken place in new york and neither one of them became a huge story i mean even when tebow got cut it was just you know this is what happened and we're not going to make a zoo out of it and and I don't know whether it's Belichick. I don't know if it's their PR guys. I don't know if it's the media there. But I well, don't no, think so they were they... they were smart because they cut Tebow the day that college football started. So ESPN and everybody else, all they were doing was showing college football over and over and over again and talking about that, which they have to because that's their rating. So they kind of, they did that. I give them credit for doing that at the perfect time because they would done it any time before. It would have been the lead story on all of those, you know, ESPN and everything else. But he became kind of a bit of a backstory because of. Of all the college football fanatics. 
No, and I, and, but I think that's kind of the way that the, the Patriots are able to handle their business. And, and sadly, they're becoming a little more adept at it lately. Um, but, the, you know, both these stories that everybody said would kind of overwhelm them in, in, in the preseason really never did. I mean, even when Rolling Stone came out with their big expose, um, which was written by a guy in Boston who hates Belichick more than any other human being, I think. Um, so the legitimacy of that story can be put up for question right away. Um, but even when that came out, like, you know, it, it never gained the traction it would have in New York. Well, here's the, here's the big question about the Patriots is I know the, uh, the over under for, um, the season for Bill Belichick smiling is, uh, three. So I'm wondering if you're going over or under on that. I think I'm going over because I think he already smiled once when they cut Tebow. I don't think he wanted much to do with that either. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you know I, I think that they're going to uh, – I think there will be a couple other reasons to smile this year. You know, when Gronk comes back and does his crazy Gronk dance, I'm sure he'll smile once or twice over that. Uh, I, yeah, it's good, that he's, it's good that he's healing up now. Hopefully, you know, you know he'll be all healed up and be able to take his shirt off. Um you know, sooner than later. Cause, yeah, uh, and roll roll around. Always see a know, sexy beast. Post yeah. surgery on a Las Vegas dance floor. That's usually usually good for the recovery process. That that guy's another train wreck. That's going to be a mess. Talented guy, but a train wreck. Well, you know, getting back to the whole Rex Ryan thing, the, people weren't really upset that he went to, to Clemson to see his son play. Cause, I mean, a lot of coaches have done have done that. They were a little upset because he went to Clemson not only to do that, but he was tailgating, like hanging out, drinking beers. That's what people were kind of upset about. They're they're letting all of their players go, and where's Rex Ryan? He's tailgating in Clemson. Yeah, but in his defense, a lot of people were wearing, a lot of the girls were wearing flip-flops while they were tailgating, and he was checking out their feet, so. <laughs> this is you probably know, true. That is probably true, I, but. I, I, gotta, I gotta back him on that. <laughs> I, I'm a huge, I've been a huge uh, critic of, of Rex Ryan for years on this show, ever since we started doing it, because the bravado that he, he's brought without anything to back it up just makes me absolutely crazy. But on this one, like I don't have any issue with what he did. A, he's not making those decisions for the most part. I mean, it's pretty clear that he's lost a lot of his say in, in what happens with that team. I think Idzik's doing a lot of that. And, you know, so A, he doesn't need to be there to tell those guys. And B, this is 2013. I mean, if they need to make a practice uh, roster decision or, or they need to switch midstream, like, He's available. Um, I don't have a huge issue. I think the guy here for the Daily News, um, he's been having a pretty good go at Rex since the start of the year, and he clearly has an agenda, and he's trying to make a name for himself. Um, and I, I don't think that he's been fair all the time, and I don't think that's a prerequisite, but I think when you consume New York news, I think you have to kind of do it understanding what people's agendas are. And, you know, that guy has been pretty pretty anti Rex since the beginning. He's he's been behind almost everything that that's kind of happened along the way. That's come in. That's made this another circus. Well, I I just think that Rex Ryan. I like Rex Ryan. I always have, but I don't like skinny Rex Ryan. I like big fat Rex Ryan. And ever since he lost all that weight, he's not been the same coach. He's not had the same bravado. He needs to eat. He needs to whatever they did to his stomach. They need to undo that. Let him eat like a maniac, and he'll be great again. And the Jets will be great again. Brian, you, you could not be more right. I've been telling this. I'm a Jets fan for 35 years. We've never had an obese coach in our history. And then we finally get one. We almost get to the Super Bowl two years in a row. He loses all the weight, and we're back to, to square one again. You could not be more right. Get, get rid of that gastric sleeve or belt or whatever whatever they did. If they stapled them together or whatever, get all that out of there. Get him big as a whale again. The Jets will start on a winning tradition. Absolutely. That's that's all that needs to happen. Once that happens, they're going to start tearing up. You know the what I mean? T. Carroll, T. Carroll, skinny guy, goes five hundred. You know, um, Bruce Coslett, skinny guy, horrible. All these guys over the Nangini. All right, he was a little he was a little pudgy, but still not enough to really take us over the edge. We need an obese guy. That's really how Rex has let us down in the last couple of years. 
by the way, I think my favorite moment of the preseason so far, and I already forget what the controversy was before this controversy for Rex. Oh, I guess it was when he decided to play Sanchez in the fourth quarter of a meaningless game to win the Snoopy Trophy and, and get his nominal starting quarterback hurt. But uh, a couple of days later when he was under fire for that, uh, the, the governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, another fine young man, uh, was on the local sports radio show as a replacement for the normal host with, with Boomer. And uh, he took up defense of Rex Ryan. And the next day, I believe it was in the post, but I don't want to give the wrong credit, with the headline was Lap Band of Brothers. <laughs> Now, Somebody actually gets paid right to write those. Well, they get paid to, to write those quality headlines. And, well, I know, uh, but as a, as a headline writer, I was very jealous, and uh, it could be the highlight of the preseason for me. The you know, other the other problem with, with the other problem with Rex, real quick, Brian, is is that he's letting Sanchez walk around with that stupid headband, and that's that's another problem that we have to solve. Uh, you know, even more so whether he's going to start or not. He's got to get rid of that headband. It's awful. Yeah, well, Rex Ryan's not a fashion plate, so he what does he know? It's kind yeah, of I know. <laughs> between kind between of him wearing that headband, what's that? It's kind of his Joe Namath thing. Joe Namath wore the uh, the pantyhose, and Sanchez yeah, but, wearing yeah, but, the, but Joe the Namath, headband. Joe Namath got paid to wear this pantyhose. Nobody's paying Mark Sanchez to wear that stupid thing. Well, there, yeah, might be, was, there might be a sponsorship in there. No. He was still more masculine, Joe Namath, when he wore pantyhose. He could have wore a damn dress and still been more masculine Mark Sanchez and his dumb headband and these and his dates with all these A-list women let me tell you something if, if he gets if he doesn't uh, if he's not here this year as quarterback he'll be leading the gate pride parade in New York I guarantee you that <laughs> oh the first prediction of the season there you go well, they got to be hoping that they get rid of him. There's about eight other teams that you could desperately use a quarterback right now. I don't think there's ever been a se- going into a season where there's l- more teams that have really horrible starting quarterbacks than I've ever seen. There's got to be seven or eight teams that have quarterbacks that are just unbelievably terrible. That Sanchez would probably be a starter on, then he might actually be halfway decent. Well, look at the going to pay him. No, I know that. But. Yeah. Look at the NFC East. I mean, you know, Eli is the one solid quarterback there. Robin, Robert Griffin and, and Mike Vick, who knows? I mean, you know, Betty White could sack one of them and knock them out for the season, break their leg. And Tony Robb will be what he is, you know. He'll get to the, he'll get to, he'll get to, you know, halfway through the season, you know, and then he'll start choking. That's just, you know, that's, that's how that division goes. The Giants could literally win that division at seven and nine if all things break right. I think the, an interesting division is definitely the the NFC West with uh, obviously San you know everybody's loving on San Francisco and I still I think San Francisco is going to be good but I, I'm not so sure that I, I as much as I like Kaepernick as a quarterback I, I really did like him when he played in college I'm not I have a feeling he may have a bit of a sophomore jinx but you know the Arizona Cardinals are going to be an interesting team because they actually brought quite a few guys in who are pretty decent players on defense who are playing pretty well and you know I still like Carson Palmer as a quarterback and he finally has some to throw to in Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald had has had zero good quarterbacks in the last few years, and he's been able to do what he does without with somebody who's halfway decent. You know, they actually might surprise some people and, and maybe sneak into the playoffs. That would be a pretty impressive feat in that in that division. Well, that's my first big big bold prediction: the Arizona Cardinals will make the playoffs. So that's your that's your that's your sleeper team. That's my sleeper team. Yes, hmm. that's a good one. I like that one. It's interesting because I was, like I said, I was doing a lot of research because I was in in Europe for all, all of summer, so I really didn't get to see any preseason games. I was trying, I was trying to watch them, but you were not allowed to watch anything on the on a computer over there, which is very annoying. But I was doing a lot of reading, and the other thing that I found really interesting is there's so many. I would say that between all the different prognosticators that I've seen doing you know, previews of the NFL season, half of the teams are all nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, 10 and six, 10 and six, 10 and six. It seems like so many different teams. So it is pretty wide open. And I did see a couple people actually pick the Cardinals to go nine and seven, which they easily could, I think. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I, I, I'm a, I don't feel super strongly about it, but I think my underdog pick is going to be the Detroit Lions. And I know they're another team that everybody, every year they kind of go, oh, you know, this could be the year. I'm just saying it because 
Jim Schwartz is a metalhead, their yes. coach. You know, and any coach, you know, who instills a heavy metal attitude into their team is bound to win something eventually. So, you know, any guy who's, who tweets that he's, you know, listening to Power Slave by Iron Maiden on the way to practice, that guy's going to be highly motivated to get his team ready. And he actually did a nice little uh, video tribute during the Metallica 30th anniversary shows as well. So I back him 100%. Yeah, because, because like, <laughs> you know, like I, I went, I, I was like one of the 19 people who went to see uh, the Mets play on a, during a Wednesday day game a few weeks ago. Every batter up there comes up to the worst, wussiest music I've ever heard in my life. So I'm like, what happened to the days when Piazza used to go up there to, like, Merciful Fate and Priest and Ozzy and stuff? You know what I mean? These, these guys are coming up to, like, you know, music that they twerk to or whatever the, the kids are doing these days. They're twerking, you know? And that, like, that's got to cost them five to ten games a season easily. Well, I got to give that a, a shout-outs then to, uh, since you mentioned that, I'd have to give shout-outs to a couple of, amazing shining examples of good metal number one our good friend and former metal misconduct guest travis blackley who's now pitching for the texas rangers and doing quite well he comes out to battle cross which we of course wow. love and uh, uh my new friend uh, mr mark trumbo for the uh, los angeles angels of anaheim he's always uh, coming up to all sorts of heavy metal stuff and if you go check him out on twitter he's talking about the new ocean album and all this other cool stuff so he's a good dude so there's a few guys out there that are coming up to some metal oh and by cool. the way if we're doing if we're doing metal misconduct alumni hour I, I would like to add at this point that josh barnett back in the UFC this weekend with a huge win over Frank Muir, and he came out the bolt thrower. Uh, I believe it was the fourth chain. So, <laughs> yes. Um, so if we're, if we're doing alumni hour, we've had quite the good week. Um, Josh looked awesome and uh, knocked out Muir with a knee, and then they stopped the fight because I don't think Frank knew where he was. Um, some people said it was premature, but I, I, he was pretty vulnerable at that point. He would, he would have been destroyed if Josh would have kept hitting him. There's nothing better, though. I was watching that, and uh, they were doing the tail of the, of the tape in the background. You just hear the, the beginning of, of the Bolt Thrower song over the, the arena PA. It's so metal. It was awesome. So yeah, congrats oh, to it. Josh, great guy. Yeah, yeah see, I knew I knew, I knew Frank Muir shouldn't have come up to Mumford and Sons. <laughs> That's the thing. Can you imagine being an opponent and you hear Josh come out to that? I mean, it's it's who cares who he is? He's coming out to that. I would be a little nervous to start. Well, you know, Travis, foundation's already begun. Well, Travis, I don't. I think he said it on the show, but I know I, I, when I talked to him personally about it. But you know, he he mentions that you know playing the heavier stuff does scare people. Like he comes out of the bullpen to this crazy music and batters like, who is this freak? Yeah, no, he said on the show that uh, that's why he wasn't pitching well in Houston because they, they banned him from coming out to his medal. Yeah, but they, yeah, they did it. Uh, he, he resurrected the battle cross in Texas and got, got a, a nice win there before. So he, he's pitching pretty good there. So, so best of luck to him as well as the, the season winds down. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the Rangers get in the playoffs and do some damage with him. He's a great, great guy. So, so Sean, who's your, who's your dog for the football? Who's your underdog? I, you know, I, I think uh, I think I'm going to go with Chicago. Everybody thinks they're not going to be good. They're this not year. an underdog. Come on, they're an underdog. They're not. I don't. I don't know a lot of people that are picking them to win their division. Um, and and Tressman's a complete uh, unknown. But uh, I really think that uh, they're going to. And they got Jake Cutler as their quarterback. Yeah. Well, any team with Jake Cutler is not going to do anything. The guy's a, one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever. Most. Let me put it this way: not worst. The most overrated quarterback I think I've seen in my entire life. See, so that makes him an underdog. You've just made my argument for me. But I think I think Mark Tressman is is very uh, adept at fixing offenses. Um, and and I think that uh, I, I think that their offense is going to be way better than he, it's been. Cutler's a wuss. All you got to do is just start yelling at him, and he falls on the ground. He's not going to do anything. Okay, well, we'll see. so you yell at me for making them an underdog, and then you completely explain <laughs> why they are an underdog. And no, then, but people think, but people think he's a think he's good. That's the problem. But we know he's it's not. Like saying, so. It's like saying the Dallas Cowboys and Tony Romo is an underdog. Well, under that argument, it, it would be. It no. would be because he's going to fall apart. Underdog is year. a team that nobody expects to do well with no names on it. Come on. The Lions, uh, the Cardinals, know. these are underdogs. 
It's the only way. The only only way Chicago's winning a title is if they hire um, whoever produces the Real Housewives shows <laughs> as the quarterbacks coach because that guy's a drama queen and he's trouble. <laughs> That's the only way they're going to get him all the way to a Super Bowl. He he always self destructs. So both you guys have just completely destroyed the Chicago Bears, but they can't be an yeah. underdog. No, it's not how it works. I, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm just saying Jay Cutler's is the weak. He's the strongest link and the weakest link, both at the same time of that team. I agree with you. I think they're going to be good this year, but you can't win the whole thing with Jay Cutler. He's just he's too much of a diva. It's just it's he's too much of a problem. He pouts like a little boy when he doesn't get his way, you know, and he's prone to get injured. So, you know, when he, when, he's, when he doesn't want to play anymore, he just gives up. He takes, you know, unnecessary sacks. He gets hurt. I, I can't go I – can't, I can't pick them to do anything great this year. No, and I, I mean, but a lot of people are picking them to, to make the playoffs, so that's why the, the underdog thing is a little, a little suspect. But, you know, we'll let you off the hook, Mr. Rourke. All right, thanks, man. <laughs> So now, now thought, if we're getting, I thought it was into, a good one. Yeah, well, if we're getting into, into predictions, uh, we of course have to predict who we think might win the Super Bowl. That's a that's a tough one, though. I, I'm not even I'm not sure that I'm prepared to pick because I know who I want to win the Super Bowl, so I can't pick them. But uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. What are your thoughts, Mister Jameson? Let's uh, see, Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know what? If you, I wonder what the odds are in Vegas on Oakland winning. It's got to be at least a, a hundred to one, or a two hundred yeah, to yeah. one, or something crazy. Yeah, I, look, someone's going to surprise us. I, I don't know if it's going to be any, any of our underdogs, and I don't think that the Lions are. Gonna, I mean, if, if they make the playoffs, that would be. I consider that a major victory, but. I, you know, I, I do think the, I do think the Seahawks and uh, and the Niners are going to. They're probably their top choices in the in the NFC. I don't know anybody else who has that kind of firepower. But one of those quarterbacks might get exposed um, this season. You know, one of them might have that sophomore jinx. If I had to, if I had to pick one, it'd be Kaepernick because he. You know, I think Russell Wilson still is a better pocket passer than Kaepernick is, even though Kaepernick has a cannon. So I think it'll be one of those two in the in uh, in the. And that division, um, and then in the East, let's see who who would be in the AFC. Man, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, I don't know. I got to think about that one, Mister Rourke. What do you think? Well, I, I think uh, I, I think in the West, I'm going to go with uh, the Saints. Mm, win. That's a good to come pick. out of to come out of the West. I just think they're going to have somewhat of a rebirth this year. Um, I think a lot of guys have something to prove, and, and I think, you know, obviously Seattle and San Francisco are going to beat the snot out of each other twice and then, you know, see what happens coming out of that. But uh, that's who I like. And I do. I think the AFC is so hard to pick because all the traditional teams, I, I don't know that they're that good. I You know, we've talked about Houston already. I think Baltimore is not going to be as good. They've lost it six or seven guys from that Super Bowl team. And I'm still I'm still not a total Joe Flacco fan. Um so and in the West I you know I have no idea. Bryant's team has some some issues to the Broncos. Um although they're, they're probably still the the class of that division. Um there's some pretty bad teams in that division. And you know, I would love to just blindly pick the Patriots, but uh, they have issues too and you know, like I said, I think they're getting out of the AFC East just because it's a train wreck of the division, but once they play some quality teams uh for three straight weeks, I I don't know if they're going to have the firepower to do that. So, um sadly, I think it might be Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, that's a, well, that's I actually <clears throat> Oh, sorry, John, Don. No, I was just saying, what about the Colts? We haven't even talked about the well, Colts. Well, yeah, I was just going to mention that, actually, because, I mean, my team are the Broncos, and, of course, I want them to win, but I worry, uh, I have the same concerns that, that you do about Manning. I mean, by far the best regular season quarterback in NFL history, but he just has not been able to get it done in the playoffs for whatever reason, and this is really the kind of the swan song for him. I, I don't know after this year he's going to have that much left in the tank or, or the Broncos either, and they're off to a bad start, too, with obviously losing 
Von Miller, but and you know a couple other guys. But then again, I remember I wrote off the Giants a couple of years ago because they had so many injuries in preseason, and all of those guys didn't come in until halfway through. So maybe, maybe that'll help the Broncos. But I was going to mention the Indianapolis Colts. They're they're not really an underdog per se, but they're a very good team. And if you look at the if you look at the AFC with you know a lot of these you know Pittsburgh and Baltimore and New England, all the all the classic teams getting a little older and a little more fragile. You know Indianapolis, if they put together the right season. Uh, and things go well for them if they stay healthy. They could easily be there towards the end. I, I absolutely believe that. Yeah, and it, like I said, it's it's wide open in the AFC. If a team gets hot late in the season, I think, you know, I don't know that there's that minefield that's been there in the past. Like even, you know, like I said, Pittsburgh, and they, they've always been a dangerous team. I, I don't know how dangerous they're going to be this year. I don't know if there's a legitimate powerhouse in, in that in that side of the bracket, but that's the beauty of the NFL is by the time week 16 comes, there's usually a team that comes out of there that you're like, whoa, that is, that is a good team. But right now, looking at it, you see a bunch of 10 and 6 teams in my mind. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, you know, I think, um, you know, it, I think the thing with the Patriots that's going to put them over the top is, is how many um, other teams' practices can Belichick take before they play them, I think that's really going to have a big effect on how many games they can win in the regular season and the postseason. Well, I, I heard he has, like, the NFL version of the hopper. So <laughs> he, he can do, like, what is it, eight uh, primetime shows at once? He can, do, he can do eight practices at once. Yeah, he can tape eight practices at once. See, that's going to be, on, that's gonna be a big advantage. With material for your show. <laughs> this is, that's going to be a big advantage for them. You know, because obviously winning the right way is not, you know, it, that's not his school of thought. So if he can tape eight practices at a time, that's, he can do a half a season in one shot. There you, there you go. He'll just have way more information. Well, you know, the, the other t- I w- we would be remiss if because if, we're missing one very important team that always flies under the radar but always does pretty well in, until the end that we haven't mentioned at all is the Atlanta Falcons. Another one I don't believe in. Yeah, Daddy, so. just because they call him Matty Ice, I hate, <laughs> it makes me hate them. Stop calling him Matty Ice. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. He stop with Matty. What's there? Because he's cool. That's supposed to be cool. When you're when you're named after a, a cheap beer that you used to drink by the case in college, that's that's not a flattering <laughs> nickname. Okay. Well, see, but it's it's an appropriate nickname because I don't know about your experiences, but for me, it was always a great idea. Hey, let's get a couple of cases of Natty Ice. And it's going to be awesome. We'll have a great day. And it usually ends up that way. And then you just wake up the next day and you're like, what an idiot I am. What the hell happened? And that's pretty much what happens when you believe in this guy. Like, you're like, hey, this is a great idea. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then you wake up one weekend in the playoffs and you're like, whoa, did I really do that? Well, you have to remember. You also have to remember that. You also have to remember that. You know, the nickname came from the guy lives in Atlanta. So that tells you all you need to know about where the nickname comes from as well. What's what? What are you alluding to there, Brian? Atlanta. It's a terrible city. People are, you know, people aren't the smartest. Oh, it's down a horrible there. city. It's a horrible city. Exactly. Horrible city. Except exactly. for the comedy crowd. The comedy crowds there are great. <clears throat> yeah, you like to go to all those crazy places. The Kansas City is another place that you love that you do really well in comedy. Why is that? Yeah, because of the, because these are all blue collar cities and they love low brow humor. So you know, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Kansas City, you know, Atlanta, those these are good cities from for my type of humor. But if you, you know, you can't, West Palm Beach, you know, not so much. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of like metal, you know, metal does really well in those towns too and not necessarily like, you know, any I've I've noticed over the years that any city that's a beautiful city with a beach, whether it's Miami or Bali or Con France or the Bahamas or Hawaii, there's no metal there at all. People are too happy. Yeah. No, you need you need like you know steel buildings and you know abandoned homes and you know a certain level of poverty and then then you, which is weird because considering death metal basically came out of the Orlando Tampa area but other than that you don't yeah you're right really metal really thrives in in, in you know metropolitan cities well you, also like in Kansas City I mean I've never seen a woman there under three hundred pounds either so I'm sure that plays into the equation. <laughs> And that's my target audience. So. Exactly. <laughs> actually, you know, where I, where I do actually get a lot, speaking of target, I actually get a lot of fans, you know, because I'm a suburbanite now, 
and my girlfriend and I go shopping at Target, and every time I'm in there, I get stopped like at least two or three times every time I go into Target. And so I figured out that my actual Target audience is in Target. Your Target cool. audience is Target. Maybe you should just set up like a little microphone in the electronics section and do like a five-minute thing or something. Yeah, yeah, I could. <laughs> that, that might be where my career is going. But, uh, Dude, I don't know, man. You're you're everywhere. When we were in Pittsburgh for the playoffs last year, my buddy Joe, who I never thought would know who you were, comes walking into the hotel at three o'clock in the morning, doesn't want to say hello to me. He's like, That's Don Jameson from the Metal Show, wants his picture taken, totally out of character, not flummoxed by anybody else, clearly chuffed to bits that you were there at three o'clock in the morning in the hotel lobby. Your legend is is far reaching, my friend. <laughs> well, I remember well, when thanks. I f- I remember when I first met little old Don Jameson there before he had a record deal or anything else, and he didn't. He, he barely had a web page, and he had no Twitter account or anything, and now he's on Twitter with over 50,000 people following him and all these other great things. I'm like, well, I was, that was just a short time ago. You've, you've come a long way in a short time, my friend. That was a very, very sad Don Jameson. This is a, a much different Don Jameson that you speak to today. I'm a, I'm reborn. I'm a multimedia entertainer. I can entertain across all boundaries, across all media. I, I can do comedy. I can do radio. I can do podcasts. My band, Gunfire and Sodomy, will terrorize you with our homicidal tunes available on iTunes right now. And 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 whatever you need, I I can be there. I can entertain. So I'm here for all your entertainment purposes. And that, a that, renaissance man. Yes, absolutely. And, and just to show you the the severity of of his band, by the way, that band even scares me, and I'm not scared easily. Well, you know, you you know, you, you know, you got a good thing going when they um, censor the band's name on iTunes. <laughs> yes. So you you've struck a good chord there. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I went on there and it was like it says gunfire and s, you know x x x x y, and people are like they don't know what it is. It's a gunfire and and sassy. I mean they don't. They're trying to figure out what this name is. But then when you click on it, you know then it then you can see you know the name afterwards. But um, anyway, that is available on iTunes, and we have been on the front page of iTunes metal and death metal sections, and we are actually on the bestseller list one week. So. Uh, there you go. There's my little plug for my band. Yes, definitely check it out. Good stuff. Now, <clears throat> we've got to talk at least a little bit about the upcoming NHL season since we have the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Rourke, who runs NHL.com. Now, again, I have to admit, being in Europe over the summer, I did not get a whole lot of hockey information, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on. But I did read something today that concerned me greatly that uh, I was worried about was going to happen. Uh, what about the reports of Ovechkin going to the KHL now? You know, I, I haven't heard a ton about that. I, I mean, I've heard some uh, rumblings. I, I, it's a huge, like... It's a, obviously it's a huge publicity thing. Um, it, it's good publicity for for the KHL to kind of present that as an option. Um, you know, there's been conversations about it in the past because of the Olympics. Uh, before we were going to go to the Olympics, um, you know, the Russian players had said, "Well, we'll go home because we're going to play in the Olympics, and we don't care if there's an Olympic break; we'll just leave." Um, all that's been solved because obviously we're playing in the Olympics, and now that's kind of what plays into this whole thing in the opposite way: is that all anybody that chose to do that would be ineligible for the uh, any IIHF tournament, which is, includes the Olympics, and uh, Alex would be able to play at home. Uh, for for Russia for the Olympics and I, I think that's a huge consideration so I don't know that I, I, I put a lot of stock in it at this point and do you have any any words of encouragement for Mr. Jameson's Rangers this season I think the Rangers are going to be good um, you know I, I think they need to change of pace and they got it and Elaine and you know he's not the completely opposite he's not a soft cuddly coach who is, is going to coddle the players but he's not uh He's not John Tortorella either. He's not a raving maniac. Yeah, no, and I think they've grown up again. And, you know, um, I you know, if Stahl's back and everybody says that he's back um, and, and that he's going to be able to play this year, like, they're, they're, pretty, they're a pretty talented team, and, and they've had a couple of years to kind of put it together. Um, so I, I think they're right in the mix. And, look, they got 
one of the three best goalies in the world. I don't know if I'm going to put him at number one yet, um, but I, I'll listen to that argument. And uh, that's half the game right there. Well, do they? The more importantly, I, I can't remember the last time it was the Garden, but do, do they sell Red Bull or Monster or any of those energy drinks there? I'm not. You got me beat on that one. Yeah, they're gonna I try make, and stay away from that stuff. Yeah, I, I do too as well. I, I The only thing I like to drink now is I'll give a, a quick plug. There's something called Zevia. There's something called Mountain Zevia, which is the all-natural organic stuff you can get at Whole Foods. Actually, you can get some of it at uh, regular stores now, but mostly Whole Foods. But uh, that's a much better uh, uh, ca- a caffeine fix uh, for me. But I'm just concerned that going to the Garden this year and watching the Rangers with Jelaine and Vino, I may need a couple of Red Bulls just to stay awake during the games. No, you, yeah. will need a couple, you might need a couple of Monster Energy drinks. I'm, monsters, I'm sorry. I was in Europe where Red awake. Bull kills you. Yeah, yeah. You, you might need a couple of Monster Energy drinks. And I, I don't care which you know one you drink. I mean, if you drink, you know, Monster Zero Ultra... That's up to you. If you drink Monster Absolutely Zero, that's okay. Some people, they prefer the the neem bean or the vanilla light. You know, the coffee flavors a little bit more. But you well, might, whatever Monster Energy drink that you prefer, yeah, I would make sure there'd be a couple available uh, at the Rangers. Oh, that's good. That'll be very helpful. Just to, to, to let you know, our esteemed engineer, Matt, here, is drinking a Monster Rehab with pink lemonade. That's a new one. Oh, I tried that one at the at Mayhem Fest. Um, I'm not a big Monster Energy or any of those energy drinks because I I already rely on caffeine too much. That's the last thing I need to do is kind of step it up. It's like going from uh, I don't even know what, but uh, going straight to crack. I think. Um, and, and but I did. I tried the uh, the pink lemonade when I was at Mayhem Fest in uh, in Holmdel. And uh, you know the craziest thing about that is it, it was like 100 degrees that day. You guys were both there, and uh, I was standing on the on the blacktop for the Machine Head show, which was about halfway through, and all you could smell was everybody sweating out all that taurine. It, it's smells like turpentine um and i was trying to place it and then after about five minutes i did and it, it's just an unbelievable odor <laughs> well well I- look if, if you need if you need any crack just call lamar odom because i'm sure he could hook you up <laughs> cool. with the dealer. Yeah. i don't believe he's reachable i think he already used his one phone call yeah, well, oh, okay. <laughs> that's it. Uh, living here in Los Angeles, that story is as soon as they get back, the the big story is Lamarola. But nobody seems to know: is he really on crack? Is he not on crack? Is it a TV thing? Is it like I don't know what the I don't know what the real reality is. Well, yeah. the, the reality is they pulled him out. You know, he got a DUI because they they caught him actually driving too slow. And I'm th- you know, if I'm the cop, I'm like, you know what? And, if I was married to a Kardashian, I'd be driving home really slowly too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just, <laughs> I just, uh, I just wonder though if it just all this stuff seems to just play perfectly into that whole Kardashian nightmare. Like, oh, he's on crack, he's a mess, and this and that. I just, I, I wonder if if any of it's really real or if it's all a big setup to make their ridiculous, stupid TV show get more ratings. Maybe it's well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Lamar has a legitimate, you know, basketball career, so I don't think he's going to give all that up just to, you know, be a pawn in their stupid, you know, quote-unquote reality world. Uh, you never know. Those Kardashians, I don't know. Even though his, I mean, even though his career is, is more, you know, troubled than Bruce Jenner's face at this point, but <laughs> still, I, I think he could, you know, the Lakers said if he went to rehab, they would take him back. So, you know, they really? I think he'll be back next year. They said if he went to rehab, that they would be willing to look at him again. Wow, interesting. Hmm. Craziness. Yeah, but anyway, <clears throat> right, enough uh, about reality shows. Yes, enough, enough of those. Well, unfortunately, as much as we could sit here and talk for hours and hours on end, we almost have done that. So, uh, so we need to wrap everything up. So, uh, first of all, Mr. Jameson, uh, give us all of your various plugs and Twitters and Facebooks and gigs and anything else you would like to. Well, yeah, I mean, for for gigs and uh, all that good stuff, uh, donjameson.com. So check out the website. It's Minutes of Fun, as always. And uh, on the Twitter, at Real Don Jameson. Check me out there for uh, jokes and insights and thoughts and retweeting and all that good stuff. And, so, uh, Don, yeah, is, is, is there a fake Don Jameson? 
<laughs> well, there is, is a that Don Jameson. There's a Don. Ja- there's an actual Don Jameson available. Actually, Brian, if you could tell uh, Vince to get on that, then maybe we could switch that over. I can make the big. But see, the problem is, I'm, I'm verified now, and I don't want to lose that little blue check because it's no, holding on to that dearly. You don't have to because there is a way to do it. Because I know. Uh, <coughs> well, excuse me. I know our our hey. fellow our fellow friend uh, John Hine, who works for the Howard Stern Show. He had John M. Hine, and he was able to get rid of the M, and he didn't lose his little blue, blue check there. So uh, I'll uh, we'll we'll work on that. And also, is there, there's a gunfire and sodomy uh, Twitter page as well, right? Uh, gunfire and sodomy uh, dot com and at gunfire and sodomy with an N in the middle. And you're not using the asterisks. Not no, Twitter. no asterisks. No, no, no. You know, no. We are. You know, we're fully un- We're fully uncensored on Twitter. <laughs> there you go. And then Sean, uh, you can follow you on. You have your bizarre Twitter handle. What is it again? S Rourke underscore NHL. It's the underscore that just drives me nuts for some reason. I didn't understand the Twitter rules when I set it up, and now it's uh, it's now just like stuck. the whole Mister Rourke candle. They're they're badges of honor. Uh, all right, and also you can of course view Sean's N- phenomenal work. NHL dot com. Our NHL. season preview starts on uh, September sixteenth. We'll be doing two teams a day until uh, the end of September, and then the season starts October first, and then the Olympics in Russia coming in February. It's like a freight train. I cannot wait. Football season and hockey season is here. I'm very excited. Of course, now my uh, my Sundays are all taken up, so I can't do anything on Sundays. And then hockey season starts. That's going to be even more difficult to do anything. But I'm trying to get all my work done now so I can try to enjoy the seasons as they can. Mr. Don Jameson, thanks as always for hanging out with us. We greatly appreciate all of your wit and candor. Yes, thank you for having me. Thanks, John. Good to talk to you again, brother. Good to talk to you. Good luck with the football season. <laughs> you, you too, and and, and yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting, no matter what. The Jets, at least, uh, you know, following Joe Namath on Twitter ma- makes me a lot happier. So that, that'll that's going to help me get through the season. He, he might, be, if the season really goes bad, he might even fall off the wagon again and try to kiss Susie Culver. Exactly, which, that's a win-win for me either way. <laughs> I was going to well, say, I hope you. I hope you listen to his paid gig on the radio every week on uh, the ESPN station here because it's it's gold. He basically yeah. goes against everything that the, that the team wants out there. He just comes on with his own agenda and like kills everything. And if you've Perfect. never, if you, and if you've never seen the clip itself, one of the greatest pieces of television history is Joe Namath trying to kiss Susie Colbert. Just look it up on YouTube. It, it, it endless hours of of frivolity entertainment. So thanks again, everybody. Sean, we'll see you next month, and we'll see all you guys next month. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you later. <laughs>